Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. Today, we're, 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 we're continuing our series. We've been talking about Peter, who's become one of my favorite. And so if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to get it out and turn to the book of John. We're looking at chapter 21. Chapter 21, John 21, you can just pull that out, whether it's on your phone. If it's on your phone, I'm going to assume that you're just reading the Word of God. You're reading the Bible today. So, uh, so get it out. As we look at this, one of the reasons I think why I love Peter so much is that Peter was a fisherman. And see, fishing was one of my favorite things to do as a kid. And I was so excited when a few years ago I got to bring my family back to the northeast coast of Canada and I got to take them fishing. You know, and you guys think salmon are good. Wait till you've had North Atlantic cod, you know. So we're out here in the ocean. Those are three of my boys up there fishing. My daughter caught a fish too, but I didn't have permission to show her picture. So uh, the three boys up there, she caught a whopper. It was a really big one. And the cool thing was, even when I was out there, we're out there in the North Atlantic, and we're fishing away, hauling in huge cod. And I hear someone shout out my name across the water, Smitty, Smitty. And I'm like, who's out here? My best friend that I hadn't seen in probably over a decade went out to the place where there was nobody and found me fishing. How cool is that? It's a, you never know who you're going to bump into fishing. See, fishing was my go-to as a kid. I grew up in a fishing community. My uncles were professional inshore fishermen in Newfoundland. And so fishing was a part of it, and it was my go-to. Fishing was what I did if I was having a good time and I was happy. We invited people to go with us. Anytime my dad asked me to go, my pole was ready and I was ready to go. But even in times when I was feeling sad, because we all feel a little sad sometimes, don't we? My go-to when I was feeling down was I would go fishing. I would get my pole. I would dig a few worms. I'd go by my neighbor's carrot patch and I'd sneak a few carrots up and chew on some sweet carrots. And I'd be out fishing just just talking and processing. This was my go-to place. And when we look at the life of Peter, this was his go-to place. Because if you've been following us last week, you learned that Peter was having a rough time. He told Jesus that, Jesus, I will never forsake you. I will always be with you. I'm your boy. I'm with you. But when Jesus needed him the most and said, Peter, can you stay awake and pray with me for one hour? What did Peter do? He fell asleep. He fell asleep. He did something that I love to do. He fell asleep. And even... When Jesus needed him the most later, they looked at Peter and said, Peter, aren't you a follower of Christ? Peter did what he said he would never do, and three times he denied Jesus. Have you ever done something that you swore you would never do? I have. There's so many times in my life, it's often even been the thing that I said, I will never, ever do this. I'm committed. And then in a moment of weakness, in a moment of temptation, I gave in. This is what we're going to be talking about today. How do we recover from these failures? How do we recover from these difficult times? And we do that by looking at the life of Peter. So in John chapter 21, the first part, it talks about how after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, yes, Jesus rose from the dead, he died, he rose again. Uh, Yes, after that, Peter, feeling down and out, He went back to what he knew, and he went back to fishing. In John 21, it says that after the resurrection, Peter and several of the disciples, they were in Galilee, and they said, let's go fish. This is what I know. This is my go-to. And so they went out, and they fished all night. And do you know what these professional fishermen caught? Nothing. 
Can you, can you believe that, kids? Fishing all night long, you're a professional, and you catch nothing. If I was Peter, I'd be like, man, I've had a bad enough week, and now I can't even catch fish. What am I going to do with my life? The Bible says right about daybreak, Jesus shows up on the shore, but they didn't recognize him as Jesus. And a lot of times it's hard for us to recognize Jesus when he comes to us. But the disciples, they didn't recognize Jesus. And Jesus walking up asked a question that you ask everybody who's fishing. What do you ask somebody who's fishing? You ask them, are there any fish? Are you catching any fish? And that's where the disciples yelled back, no, still not recognizing it was Jesus. And then Jesus did something that he did Several years ago, when he first called these disciples, is he yelled out and he said, put your net on the right side of the boat. Put your net on the right side of the boat. They're like, they never taught us that in fishing school, but I'm going to try. I'm going to put the net on the right side of the boat. And they caught so many fish that they couldn't even haul in the net. Don't you want to take Jesus fishing with you, okay? So many fish, they couldn't even catch the net. And in that moment, John looks in and he recognized, that's Jesus And then Peter, who was never one to withhold any action, any emotion, right? Then Peter, seeing as Jesus, the Bible says that Peter actually threw himself into the sea. He wanted to be with Jesus. He was feeling down and out. He didn't catch any fish. Jesus shows up. They catch fish. He sees Peter, and he throws himself into the water and begins to run through the water to Jesus. He couldn't wait to see him. He wanted to be there so bad. He wanted to be there so bad. Then when the rest of the disciples, they make it to the shore without Peter, because Peter's off being with Jesus. They find that Jesus has a fire going for him. He has some fish going for him, because Jesus loved to feed people, didn't he? Whenever you saw Jesus, he was feeding people. And I love that. And here's what it says. And and we're going to pick this up if you're following along. In John chapter 21. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. Here's what it says. It says, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, this is Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? See, Peter had said, Jesus, I love you. So Peter looked at him and said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. Verse 16, Jesus said to him a second time, He said, Simon, Do you love me? Again, talking to Peter. And Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So Jesus said to him, Then tend to my sheep. Feed my sheep. Then a third time Jesus said to him, He said, Peter, son of John, do you love me? And now Peter was grieved because Jesus asked him a third time, Have you ever been grieved when someone keeps asking you the same question over and over again? It's like, do you believe me? I love you. So Peter says back to him, he says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him again the third time, he said, well, then Peter, go feed my sheep. Go feed my sheep. See, I love this story because this is a story about how Jesus pursues us. This is a story about how Jesus runs after us. And especially in times when we have failed, Jesus pursues us. And so my hope, my prayer today is that as we just spend a few moments around this little piece of God's word, that you would recognize today that God is pursuing you because he loves you. Look at the person next to you and just say, God loves you. God loves you. 
I want you to get that word today. God loves you. And it's the word that God uses for love. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. But Jesus is pursuing you, and he loves you. And no matter where you are, no matter if, you're, if you have failed or if you're feeling good, wherever you are in that today, God loves you and he's with you. So as we look at this passage, the first thing that I, that I want you to see is that sometimes in life we allow our mistakes to get in the way. How many of you have ever allowed that mistake and error in your life to get in the way and to hold you back from where God was calling you to go? As we look at this today, I want you to realize that your mistakes are not the end. This is where Jesus steps in. And the first thing that Jesus does here as we look at this is that Jesus, he found Peter. Jesus found Peter. Now, why did Jesus go to Peter to find him? He went to find Peter because Peter had a rough week. Peter had a rough, actually a little series and a little season of time because Peter had failed Jesus. And if you're here with us last week, you remember how in that passage we talked about how Peter had denied Jesus three times. And now he had fallen asleep. And like Peter, when we are feeling down, we often feel that temptation to run away because we're embarrassed. How many, when you have failed, your temptation is to run away? You just want to go away. You just want to find a little corner. You just want to snuggle up with your book or your movie or just pull it all the way over your head and go, I can't believe I just did that. This is what Peter was doing. He was running away. And, Pete and Jesus found him because he knew that Peter would be going there. Because Peter returned to what he knew. See, when we fail, we seek comfort. When we're feeling that failure, that's not a good feeling. And so we try to bring comfort into our lives. This is what Peter was doing. And he was returning to something that was familiar to him. See, the familiar things in our life, whether they're good or bad, sometimes we get comfort from them because it's it's what we know. But we need to be careful with the things that are overly familiar to us. And I love how Bob Goff, how many of you have ever read Bob Goff's book, Love Does? This is what Bob Goff says. He says there's a problem with returning to the familiar because if we only do what we are familiar with, we might miss what we've been made for. Did you hear that? If we only do what we're familiar with, we might miss the very thing that we've been made for. But see, the good news in this is that when we have failed, Jesus finds us and Jesus actually runs to us. So we need to open our eyes to it because Jesus, he knows where we are. He knows that oftentimes we go back to the familiar things. This is where Peter was. He was in Galilee because this is where Jesus first called Peter. And this is where Peter first experienced the power and the life change that comes from Jesus. So he was running back to the spot. But we need to recognize today that Jesus, he wants to meet us in our failure, because those times of failure are pivotal moments for us. See, when we have failed, when we're struggling, that's often when we're the most vulnerable. That's why in many parts of the world, when you go to to those that they're hungry, they're without food, and they're just trying to survive, it's often the first person that shows up with a bowl of rice that wins influence in their life. See, when someone is reaching out for help, It is so important that we are there to help them and to love them. And Jesus is there. Jesus is there in the middle of our our failure. Jesus wants to meet us and he wants to remind us that he is there to walk us through. Because even though we fail, Jesus is saying, I'm still here. I'm still here. See, failure is tough for us because it's hard for us to let go of our failures. Bob Goff in that same book, he says it this way, and I love this quote. Let's read this together. 
we spend a lot of time remembering failures that God spent a lot of love saying we could forget. Isn't that good? We spent a lot of time remembering our failures. How many have a hard time remembering failures? Like, oh, that, I don't know what happened over there. If you're like me, my failures are run like a movie, like a horror movie, over and over in my head, over and over and over. And God is saying, I spent a lot of love so that you could forget that. That's not where God keeps us. See, he's moving us on. See, to us, when we have failed, we feel like we've blown it and it's game over. Nobody wants us. Nobody loves me. It is done. Game over. But to Jesus, he's like, no. There's a new game that's getting ready to go. There's a new life that's waiting for you if you will turn to me. And the reason why Jesus is so adamant about meeting us there and saying it's a fresh start, because Jesus had something called grace. Everyone say grace. Grace. Now, I want to eat now, because grace meant something different where I grew up, okay? But Jesus has something called grace. He has something called grace. And the reason why grace is so powerful is because grace equals transformation the way that God has it. See, grace is not just this get-out-of-jail-free card. Grace is not just this thing that comes in and just gets rid of everything. But grace opens the door for transformation in our life. And this is what God is after, because that's our only hope. Our only hope is transformation. So when we fail, Jesus is there to pour grace into our life because it's a new opportunity. And as a matter of fact, did you know that grace is the very center and the core of Christianity? It's the center and the core of the Bible. There's nothing else like it. When you look at Christianity, this is a distinctive of who we are in Christ Jesus. See, grace comes in, and it doesn't give us what we deserve. It gives us what we could never earn. It's a gift from God. But it's for the purpose of transformation. See, when we have received grace in our life, the evidence of that is the fruit that grows out of it. If you see somebody that they're talking about grace all the time, but there's never a change. Now, there's struggle. How many have struggled? I have, I have struggles, okay? I'm not saying there's not struggles, but what I'm saying is that when you have received God's grace and you recognize what it is, there's a transformation that takes place because you're allowing God to move in your life, to pour in your life, and to flow through you, and you are changed. You are changed. You can't help it. This is the gift of God in us. This is the purpose that he has for us, to give us this fresh start. That's why in the Bible, when you look at the Bible, the worse that somebody felt, the more that they were attracted to Jesus. Now think about that. The worse that somebody felt in the Bible, the more they were attracted to Jesus. Now when I first read this, it brought a lot of conviction to my life. Because I asked myself, I said, Dwayne, I don't talk to myself in the third person. I don't acknowledge myself. But, but I said to myself, I was like, Dwayne, when people feel worse about themselves, are they more attracted to you or are they less attracted to you? Go ahead and do that now. Ask yourself. When people feel terrible, do they feel more attracted to me or do they feel less attracted to me? This is important for us to recognize. This is important for us to acknowledge. Because see, when you're feeling down and out, you need someone to come in and save you and rescue you. And this is Jesus. Amen. I'm taking that as an amen, okay? So coming through there. So Jesus, he finds Peter, but he also feeds him. So he finds him, and now he feeds him. And he feeds him that food, but through this process of pulling it in, I want to bring this acronym to you, this word that Shoreline Community Church has made up. Do you know the word that we've made up is? 
Laugh, everyone say laughba together. Laughba, okay? You have my permission to use that in Scrabble, and I hope that goes well for you. Laughba, it's a little acronym, it just means love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. Say that with me. Love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. See, this is what we need. We need love. What the world needs now is sweet love. That's all we need. That's all I know. That's all they had in the Coca-Cola commercial, okay? So go, we need love. And a meal shows that you love somebody. When you go to someone's house and they give you a meal, it's like, man, there's care in that. There's love in that. And Jesus is trying to show them in a practical way, even though you all left me, even though, Peter, you denied me three times, I still want to have a meal with you. I still love you. I still care about you. And I'm bringing the food because you couldn't catch any fish. So I gave you all the fish. I'm providing everything because I love you. But Jesus did something. He took it one step further, and he's saying, you know what, guys? I still accept you. I still accept you. See, Jesus, he didn't just give them food and walk away. He didn't see them walking on the street and just give them a burger and keep going. But he said, hey, I've made this great meal. Do you want to join me? Do you want to be with me? Do you want to walk with me? Do you want to have this great conversation? See, many of the great conversations in my life have happened around a meal. Because when you're eating with somebody, it shows that they love you, they're accepting you, and now you're eating, and the walls go down, and you're starting to have this amazing conversation. I'm sure that you've experienced that. See, Peter was dealing with a lot of guilt and a lot of rejection because he was the one that said, you know what, all these guys, they may reject you, I'm not going to reject you, I'm going to be there for you, Jesus. But yet he denied him, and now Jesus is saying, Peter, I still accept you. I still accept you. See, Jesus accepts us even though we rejected him. And matter of fact, Jesus went to the cross and died for us while everyone was rejecting him. It was in the middle of being rejected that he loved us and he accepted us. We need to remember that. And then, what's the F of LAFPA? Forgiveness. The F of LAFPA is forgiveness. See, Jesus was affirming and giving Peter an opportunity to be forgiven. See, he brought him to the table. He accepted him, which for me, how many kids here, you love lunchtime at school? Do you enjoy lunchtime at school? I didn't. I enjoyed the food. But for me, that was a very nervous time because in school, going to the lunchroom was a lot of fear for me. See, there were cool kids that they had the table, and they were having these great conversations, but sometimes I felt like the odd person out. And so coming in, I was asking, is there somebody who's going to eat with me today? Because eating meant you felt accepted, didn't it? Are there any other nerds in the room, or is it just me, all right? So that was, it was like harrowing, okay? I wanted to be a part of starting the food fight, not receiving the food fight, okay? So going in, this is the time. Jesus shows that you're accepted. I love you. I'm accepting you. I'm pulling you in. I don't know if they did a food fight, but he loved them. He pulled them in, and that opened the door to forgiveness. It opened the door for forgiveness, to come in and to recognize. See, Peter, he needed forgiveness. He denied him three times, so Jesus did things three times. See, Jesus is hitting him at every level. Peter, you denied me three times. Do you know that this was the third time that we have on record that Jesus appeared to Peter? So it's time number three. And then he asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? Was Jesus doubting Peter's love? No. Jesus knew that Peter loved him, but Peter needed to know. 
And Peter needed to walk through that process of forgiveness so that he could experience it and receive it. See, we struggle with that whole act of forgiveness. And we want to kind of rush through it, but Jesus, he's slowing things down. He's making a meal, he's pulling them in. And he's slowing that act of forgiveness down because if Peter is like me, if I have to go and ask forgiveness, I walk up to somebody and I'm very ashamed and I go, I'm sorry, and I try to get away as quick as I can just so I can go home and tell my mom or my wife that I asked for forgiveness, okay? I'm just going in and I'm coming out. Have you ever done that, kids? Or maybe you got to go and apologize to your sister or to your brother, and you say, I'm sorry, but you're not really, really sorry. How many is that? Okay, most of your kids, you've, I'm sure you've experienced that kind of part in your life. It happens to me a lot growing up. But Jesus is saying, you need forgiveness. You need to walk it through. So he asked him three times, not because Jesus doesn't know, but because Peter doesn't know. And I want you to hear that Jesus didn't ask him three times because he was trying to rub it in. This is not a mean, dysfunctional tyrant here. This is someone that's saying, Peter, you need to know that you're forgiven. He's not trying to rub it in. Jesus is trying to rub it out. Because Peter, you're my rock. You are the rock that's going to launch the love of Christ. You need to know that you're forgiven. We need to experience that. It's only as we receive that forgiveness that we're able to forgive others. It's only that we receive the forgiveness of Christ that we're able to walk it in confidence. And it enables us to do that fourth part. So we have love, acceptance, forgiveness. And what's the fourth one to be? Belonging. Belonging. Everybody wants to belong. I want to belong to something. We want to be a part of something. And Jesus is saying to Peter, you belong here. Because when he says, feed my sheep, sheep represents people. And what does Jesus love more than anything? People. Or sheep, yeah. Yeah. The analogy is kind of weird for us sometimes, but it's people. Jesus loves people. So when he says feed sheep, he's talking about people. He's saying, Peter, feed my sheep. The plan is still enacted as you come to me. When you fail, come to me. Ask forgiveness. Let's grow through it. Let's be transformed. And let's get on the mission because you belong here. And this is what, Peter, what Jesus is saying to all of us, that no matter where you are, you need to receive the love from Christ. You need to recognize you've been accepted, and you need to receive the forgiveness. Whenever we ask for that forgiveness from God, he is faithful and just to forgive us, and then it brings us into belonging. So wherever you are today, I want, I'm praying that you know that God loves you. He accepts you, and he's ready to forgive you as you ask for it. Now, if we just come up and say sorry and walk away, and Jesus is going to say, are you sorry? Because <laughs> forgiveness is what brings in the healing. It's what brings in that transformation. And it enables us in a greater way to belong. Now, here's Shoreline Community Church. You are welcome here whether you agree with me or you disagree with me. This is a community you're welcome to come in. But that deeper sense of belonging, it comes as we walk deeper with the body of Christ. It's like when you come to my home, the first time that you come to my home, there's a meal, there's coffee, there's all these things, and we're serving you. But after you come to my home for a few times, I'm like, hey, there's the glasses. Open the fridge, it's yours. Help yourself. Hey, can you help me over here? I'm doing this project on this house. And with the right amount of training, I'll even let you use my espresso machine. Because <laughs> that's a part of belonging. It's coming in, it's being there. This is the hope that we have in Jesus. This is the hope that we have in his love, a love that is limitless. Do you know why his love is limitless? 
Because it's all, as we experience it, we have to give it out. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you love, you say you love God, but you don't love your neighbor, then you haven't gotten it. You don't get it. (laughs) Because if you love God, you're going to love your neighbors. It has to come out. We may struggle with it, but we go to him and we say, what do I do with this? How do I walk this out? Because we have to love our neighbors. And the more that you love, the more that it grows. How many of you have experienced that? The more you love somebody, the more you've experienced it. This is God's love. With dysfunctional love, it just becomes this commodity that we use up and it's spent and it's gone because it's not real love. God's love, the more you give it, the more you receive. The more you water, the more that you're watered. And it just grows and it grows and it grows because it's the Spirit of God alive in you. This is what it means to receive the love of Christ. This is why Jesus came and he died for us, because he loves us. He wants to be reconnected. He wants you to know you're loved, you're accepted. Receive the forgiveness of Christ. And then find the purpose that God has for you, which is always a part of loving each other. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me this morning if you can? Stand if you can. If not, you're welcome to be seated as well. But as we respond now to this word of, it's God's word, not mine. It's always important to ask yourself questions because God is speaking to you. And a couple questions that I'd like for you to process as the worship team sings. We're going to head into response time. But that first one is, ask yourself, am I struggling with love, acceptance, forgiveness, or belonging? And maybe you'll check all those boxes or maybe you'll check one of those. Maybe with forgiveness, it's you're having a hard time receiving the forgiveness of Christ. Or maybe you're having a hard time forgiving those around you. That's a tough one. As we respond, bring that to to the Lord. And then that last question, how is God calling you to love others? See, he's called you to love everyone around you. And it can be very easy to love those who agree with you, who are always telling you how wonderful you are. But how many of you have some tough people in your life going, it's, it's kind of hard to love them, the Lord. You need to bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me do? If anyone had an excuse to not love somebody, Jesus did. <laughs> and I would be the chief of all sinners in that. But Jesus pressed through and he found that healing. I want you to find your healing in this new season. I want you to receive that love, that acceptance that forgiveness, that belonging from the Lord. So as the worship team sings, I want to invite you to respond. We have several ways to respond. One is is, is communion. The bread representing his broken body for us that was broken. The cup representing his blood. And if you're a follower of Jesus, this is for you. And if you're not, you can do that right now. (laughs) Just praying and saying, Lord, forgive me. Come into my life. Change me. Transform me. I want to follow you. Walk in that. It's a great thing to do with your family and your kids. Explaining it to them. Maybe you need to pray with somebody. We have a prayer team. I'm going to invite them to go to the sides and the balcony as well as up here. These are wonderful, trusted people who would love to pray with you. Because we need to talk. Prayer is just talking, isn't it? Prayer is just, it's just talking. Talk to somebody today. Talk to somebody. Pray it out. When we pray, God changes us. Allow that to come alive in you. Or maybe you want to go to the prayer wall and you want to 
Maybe writing's easier for you. You want to write or you want to pray over it. Let's take a few moments to respond as the worship team leads us. Let's engage and respond. Amen.